theoretically possible. Why waste time? But it doesn't make any sense. Discovery Houston press to ATO. Three, two, one. What's up, everybody? Hello, Quinn. Hello, my love. How are you doing today? Doing great. How are you? I'm good. We're talking about a subject that I think, I don't know, I've gotten really passionate about in the last few days. I don't know. I don't really understand what the root of my passion is for it, but I just am all about healthy living and trying to live longer for some reason. I think it's a great thing, though, honestly. I mean, in terms of you know, where our heads are at and after this whole year of like what's been going on in the around the world with the pandemic. Yeah. I think that it's probably the best mindset to get into is, you know, how to really live a long and healthy life. Right. Well, maybe one reason why I've been interested in this is because we've had to confront death amongst those that we love a lot recently. Yeah. And I think when you see how delicate life can be, it makes you want to do everything that you possibly can to live as long as you possibly can. Yeah. But you brought up a really good point, which is sometimes you play by the rules and do everything that you can, and it still doesn't work out. Yeah, I know. We've been talking about this actually for, honestly, like for about a week or so now. And it's not the first time it's got brought up, but it's definitely one of the ongoing conversations we've had. And, and, you know, you read about, you know, uh, other incidences where someone was very, very healthy. They ran all the time. They didn't. Mm do all the things that didn't smoke, that didn't drink, you know, all of the, all of the things that you should, your doctor wants you to do. Right. right and yeah. then something happens and they die really early and young and no one understands why. Yeah. So, and, and then on the other spectrum, there's those who just disobey all the ways of living healthy and then they end up living forever too. Exactly. So, you know, the question becomes, is it nurture or is it nature yeah. in a way? You know, is it genetics or that it really gets you? Or is it your environment and what you really do to your body? And I think much like everything else, it's not black or white. There's a lot of nuance in there. And actually, science doesn't know completely yet. We don't understand, yeah. you know, the ticket to, you know, the longest living healthy life that we could possibly have. But right. there are some, you know, there's a lot of work being done behind this. But what's interesting to me is that this question, this conversation has led um, you, my love, down you know a really cool rabbit hole where mm-hmm. you've been learning a lot about what are called blue zones around the world, where it's an you know, the average age uh, that a person lives for is actually higher than a lot of uh, way higher than the whole entire world's average, right? Yeah. So I would love to learn more about this and why. Why are there some parts of the world where individuals live much longer than others and why and we could probably you know bring in various different variables just intuitively anecdotally what are so but I, th- I think it'll be really interesting to hear about you know what exactly do these different regions do what do individuals do in those different parts of the, around the world well the person who actually came up with the term blue zone you actually had the opportunity to hear present yes and he came through human sciences while we were at osu yep his name's dan butner and he's now written quite a few books on the term the blue zone which i think he actually has ownership of that term probably and and the blue zones they're weird little places around the world where the life expectancy is incredible like I think one place uh, that I've been hearing about. So in in America, it's it's like one of out of every four thousand people that make it to one hundred years. Mm. 
maybe even that's globally, but one of every 4,000, that's so few people that make 200. In parts of Nicaragua, they have one in 200, one in 250. Like that's crazy jump. And so it's like, how, how, how is that possible? What is it about their life that makes them live a longer life? I mean, it, a large part, it's not just like being alive. It's, slowing down the aging process which is kind of a big mind shift for me is acknowledging that you're not just trying to live and just breathe because in order for you to be alive you actually have to be doing things rather than just laying down in a bed and and, you know being awake asleep that's not that's not living that doesn't really count for what they're looking for and so it's been a an extraordinary journey down a rabbit hole trying to figure it all out and I wanted to start by just having a discussion on different countries. Yeah. And which countries do you think may have an insanely long amount of life of their citizens versus other countries? And where do you think the United States stands within that? Yeah. So actually, I had an opportunity during my PhD program in stage two to really actually learn about this, learn about mm-hmm. aging, learn about gerontology, learn about the process of aging and how different countries really embrace aging and the the issues that come also where when people are extending their life over time as well you know mm-hmm. what happens you know various different societies handle um, the aging process very differently and it is a society-based kind of a thing um, but I do find I so I kind of understood right away when you asked me this question initially about what countries have the longest you know the oldest aging population and I knew that Japan had a really long-lasting aging population probably the the amount of people who are aging towards you know 80s and 90s are higher that population is higher than the amount of you know actual birth rate the birth rate is actually much lower than those who um you know are in their older age are aging into um that that place in their life so what does that do what what does a society need to do to shift and change to ensure that you know, people are comfortable as they age and they're not just laying in a bed. They really aren't. They're mm-hmm. able to actually still do a lot of things that they could do, you know, 20 years ago too. Yeah. So Japan is number one. You're, you're right in that. And do you want to guess like what the average age is of both males and females? And then give me one for males and one for females. Yeah. So I would say average age for males, maybe 81. Mm-hmm. Average age. That was good. 81.5. Nice. Average age for females, 82. 86.9. Whoa. Yeah, so that the average of both is 84.3. Wow. 84.3. That's really, really impressive. You want to know what the United States is? Yeah. Just to give you a comparison. In the United States of America, here, I'll just, I'll just tell you the whole thing. Unfortunately, we're not in the top 10. We're not in the top 20. We're not in the top 30. We did make the top 40 at number 40. So we are <laughs> 78.5 average, which is pretty good, with males being 76.3 and females being 80.7. Wow. I know, that's pretty amazing. So, yeah, that's uh, a little bit disappointing, though. I mean, I would like to think that America, the we always, you know, we just recently celebrated 4th of July. We yeah. consider ourselves the superpower. Yeah. We're going to be in the top 40 for longevity. Isn't life, isn't, isn't this the whole like idea of like what is living like if you're living a good life you get to live it as long as possible yeah time's the one thing you can't buy more of right you can get some vitamins but you can't really i mean 
you can you can just you, once you're done you're done you right know? and so what can you do to live a better lifestyle well what do the japanese do and so i watched this incredible documentary series on science or it was on the channel called science and i think it's owned by russians which is fascinating in itself yeah and they focused on uh one one specific southern island in japan and they were just living i i just to see it in in video i was just tripping out to see someone in their 90s wake up at 6 a.m in the morning to go down to the beach to go do their exercises and that includes doing a headstand like a yoga headstand upside (laughs) down at 93 years old I have to say, I was just completely tripped out about it because I don't even know if I could do that. And I like yeah. consider myself fairly athletic. But I would say so. at the same time, this man is doing it. Like he's doing so many, he's very active. Mm. So I think that's one thing that you definitely have to be doing in order to live a healthy lifestyle or in order to live as long as you possibly can is, is you got you to gotta be fairly active in some way or another. Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to like go out and do exercise, but you may actually can you may be able to do it just by not driving everywhere and walking right. more. you know so it doesn't have to be like okay schedule time time to work out now i might change that answer in the future when i get older and my metabolism slows down yeah but right now i'm saying if you, if you can walk why wouldn't you go yeah. do it like any opportunity to get a few extra steps in or any opportunity to you know take the steps up the yeah. stairs why not do it? You know, it's a good idea. Don't take the elevator if you, unless you absolutely have to. Time is a constraint, you know, like I need to rush up to get there. But other times it's like, you know what? Take the stairs. It yeah. will help you in the long run. No, well said. And I, I think that that really is kind of at the heart of um, when we're looking at why the United States makes the bottom 40 out of the top 40. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it really has a lot to do with lifestyle. And so it obviously doesn't have to do with wealth necessarily, which I no. think is a very interesting thing because, you know, a lot of people are really focused on it. Got to get money, got to do this, got to do that. But that doesn't necessarily equal, um, you know, the ability to slow down your own aging. Yeah. There's a lot of countries under us in position 40 that don't make even close to as much money as the United States produces. Yeah. You know. Right, exactly. And so it comes down to one's lifestyle. And what John was saying in 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 my department at OSU, this is one of the big things that the nutrition and human sciences teams were really pushing. I mean, they were putting up signs and they were des- redes- as they were redesigning the building, they were putting up signs next to stairs saying, "Hey, take the stairs," <laughs> encouraging people to take mm-hmm. the stairs, but they were also redesigning the building so that the stairs became kind of the centerpiece where it would actually be more inconvenient to go around the stairs and take the elevator mm-hmm. or it would be more convenient to just, just it's right there. Yeah. Like you should just walk. And so it's, it, it is those little things um, that compound over time. What kind right. of a lifestyle do you lead? Is it full of high stress? Is it more sedentary, right? Are you sitting mm-hmm. at a desk 10 hours of the day yeah. and then coming home, cooking or ordering takeout and then just sitting at home again? You know, it's about being active. Mm-hmm. And it's also, I mean, there's a lot of different things that come with it. It's also, what are you eating? Right. You know, what eating are you, is huge. Eating is a huge <laughs> thing, but it's really not that difficult, though. I think that's what the guy who, you know, wrote the books, the multiple books of, of the Blue Zone. It was is these little tiny steps you could take in your life mm-hmm. to actually enhance not only your current healthy lifestyle, you know, how you actually perform on a daily basis, but that can actually slow down the aging process for yourself. And it's 
like just being a little active, including, you know, more fiber in your diet, you know, just slowing things down a little bit too, which is so interesting. And one of the things that he really, when he came and spoke at OSU, um, and I listened to his presentation was about redesigning cities so that it encourages people to have a more active and healthy lifestyle. Right. Yeah, That's a good point. And so there's a lot of places that we've experienced, such as um, Barcelona in Spain, where yeah. the whole city, it just, you, why aren't you walking? You got to walk. It's not, it doesn't make very much sense to have a car. It actually, it encourages, um, you know, social gathering too to come together, walk along the area where everyone's driving, or it encourages people to bike, you know, it encourages people to actually go outside and play. Yeah. And that's something that not every city really has, but I, you see that actually being embraced a lot more in terms of how, um, if they have, the, if a town or a city has the opportunity to redesign it, mm-hmm. that they'll want to design it in a way that encourages people to be outside yeah. and be active. Yeah, and 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 communicate and have a solid community. Like a gathering place is a key yeah. part. So, since you brought up Barcelona, we might as well just talk about the top. You want to do top five or top ten? Yeah, top five. Let's go top five. So Japan's one. South Korea. Now these are really close to each other, right around the eighty-four. Yeah. South Korea is number two, Switzerland's number three, Singapore is number four, and number five is Spain. So So interesting. I I do think it's very interesting. And like you said, Barcelona designed is is a city that's designed for people to walk or ride a bike. And they reward people for choosing those modes of transportation versus those who choose to take a car. Yep. And so it's very it's a it's a pleasure to be able to walk around the city and kind of have your own little you know exploration every day it really is i mean it actually is the way to experience barcelona obviously we haven't been to other places around spain but i can only imagine it's very similar to the, to this yeah you you experience barcelona by walking and eating and talking and that's how their life is i mean it really mm-hmm. is structured in a way where you have you also take a siesta you take a break you know Mm -hmm. you can actually recharge in the middle of the day if you really need to you know and so it's an ingrained not just in the culture but also in the design of the city of itself yeah which is super interesting and we we could take that to a country level even though it is technically a city is singapore when we were in singapore it was actually i don't remember the last time i walked that much we walked the whole entire city it's very walkable very doable you if, if, if it gets too hot there's always like a mall or somewhere where you can walk through that's air conditioned mm-hmm. and i really enjoy that that's my favorite way to see a city number two would probably be on a bus but number one is going to be yeah. walking around it and some cities allow you to do so others it's it's really difficult and there's many reasons some sometimes it's the way it's designed other times it has to do with the environment itself you yeah know? very I good i don't want to be walking around ice and snow that's yeah. for sure you know yeah that's true yeah it's interesting because we have been we haven't been to japan or south korea those are definitely on our bucket list but we have been mm-hmm. to the other three so singapore um spain and switzerland mm-hmm. as well yeah um and i would say even though you know our time in switzerland was pretty limited it was very much the same too and the other the other thing that all of these have in common is that they have really good public transportation. They do. So you are encouraged to walk a bit. Even if you take public transportation, you have to usually walk 
to get to where exactly you need yeah. to be. Even Train station's taking. not at the bottom of your building, no. typically. <laughs> not you know? usually, but they, they, they have a really great system that people can rely on, mm-hmm. and um, they can incorporate that. Because they can rely on it, they can incorporate that into their daily habits, right? right. As opposed to buying a car and driving it in themselves, parking in a in a lot where it just sits and then driving it back. It makes so much more sense, honestly, like in mm-hmm. terms of even just, you know, the amount of pollution in the world, but just on a, on a individual level, what that really does for a, an individual just to think, okay, well, I'm going to walk there, maybe take the transportation, but then I'm going to walk again. And that's a part of your whole entire routine. Right. And, uh, you know, the food there too, I just think that it's really interesting. I mean, it, obviously in, in the United States of America, we know we have some issues in terms of, I mean, we have... A weird issue where the the fast food is is the cheapest food right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's the most unhealthy food and it's most a, accessible it's most accessible exactly and when you go to other countries outside of the united states that's not always true like for example in mcdonald's mcdonald's isn't the least expensive food it's mm-hmm. actually pretty expensive relatively speaking to the local food so right. why would you buy that when I mean, you could buy the local food and it tastes good and it's more healthy for you anyway so <laughs> It is, um, you know, and we don't necessarily have a great tri- public transportation system set up throughout the entire country. You mm-hmm. know, not every place is designed to walk. But, and we have this, we, we do love our cars in the United States, yeah. you know. Well, and the, the country's built for cars. Mm-hmm. That's, that's one thing that I think we're seeing a little bit, like parts of the United States starting to make some changes where mm-hmm. they're really embracing public transportation. But it also gets really tricky when it comes to, like, setting up like reformatting a place that's already established for yeah. vehicles to making them embrace public transportation when we're getting that much closer to self-driving vehicles. Right. And so if we have self-driving vehicles, then it becomes questionable if it's necessary to have a train system, which costs billions of dollars to implement when you can just catch, you know, an Uber and carpool with other people in an Uber. And then the Uber doesn't have a driver it's self-driving and it communicates with the cars in front and now basically your highways are like a train track right it's an interesting idea and i'm kind of excited to see how this all pans out but i definitely want to start having a discussion about the benefit of living in a place or is it more beneficial to live in a place where the people live longer or is it more beneficial for you to just embrace that type of lifestyle mentality like what's the best option because mm-hmm. it does seem as though if we move to that island in southern japan i think that naturally we'd be eating their way we'd be taking in their lifestyle which may include jonathan button at 6 a.m on a beach doing a headstand <laughs> but i don't know could i do that here i got a beach i can't do a headstand yet do i want to do that do i want to go and eat exactly what they eat it gets difficult and yeah you know it's a lot of work though to move to a place like that you know it is yeah i do think you i don't think you have to move there i think it's a huge advantage if you do um and we've experienced this for sure i mean when we've lived in different areas pretty much over the span of a month we start to really see a huge difference in our own body like not only just in terms of slimming down but also just I mean, being, having enough energy, having a lot of energy, you mm-hmm. know, I mean, I'll never forget when we moved to Nicaragua. Yeah, we did do the experiment of, you know, living on $2 a day. And that was super tough. That was super eye opening. But yeah. then after that, I mean, for us, it was really about just eating the local foods, local foods that were grown organically, not 
for any other reason, but that's yeah. just the way that they do it, right? Yeah. And you buy that at the market and you cook it, or they are cooking the same stuff that you're going to be cooking on the streets or in the market. And and you walk everywhere. You take mm-hmm. the bus and you walk everywhere. And I do think that there is something, though, to be said, like right now, you're not living in Nicaragua, but you know when we lived in Thailand or when we were in Singapore, yeah. all these places, I mean, immediately the transformation happened. Mm-hmm. And I will say living here in Florida next to the beach does kind of allow us to continue that lifestyle mm-hmm. in our own way, right? Yeah, we we're kinda, in control. Right? We, we take little things that we loved while we were there. We were near the ocean all the time. We were in warm weather yeah. most of the time. We were pretty much living in our bathing suits with a little bit of clothes on top, you know, (laughs) and we're walking around because why wouldn't you walk around in a beautiful natural area? Yeah. And we We don't drive much here. We don't drive very much. And when we can walk, we do. We Mm -hmm. absolutely do. Yeah. And so it doesn't require us to go to the gym every day. We Mm -hmm. actually incorporate being active every single day, whether that's swimming in the ocean or it's taking a really nice long walk together. Yeah. Um, And then we also do incorporate some of the foods, too, that we've picked up in our travels around the world as right. well over the years. But that, that's interesting because it's not as though the environment that we're in right now is affecting our choice of meals as right. much as it did when we were in Nicaragua or even Thailand. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of strange, but we just always ate out. Well, for one, in Nicaragua and Thailand, most of the time we didn't really ha- have a kitchen, you know, mm-hmm. or if we had one, it was quite limited. Yeah. So it was... And the food was so cheap, too, and delicious. So I was always about, you know, go get, rather than cooking breakfast, if we can go get breakfast for like two bucks a person, let's go get, let's go out and eat. And the food that they made was naturally designed for a healthy lifestyle. I mean, in Nicaragua, we really embraced the healthy breakfast by just having beans, eggs, like sometimes a little bit of rice, but... There wasn't much else. I mean, uh, black coffee. Yeah. This is exactly what they uh, eat and drink in those parts of Nicaragua where they like, or in uh, Costa Rica where they live forever. Yeah. And it was just, it was normal. And it's actually super delicious too. And we do like eating that here, but it's not that we eat it here because the environment is eating it here. It's because we're in our little world and we recreate the environment. Yeah, very well said. And we do, definitely. I mean, black beans are a huge component of, I mean... Beans in general. Beans in general. I know it's it has a lot to do with fiber, but it's also... I don't know. It's one of those things where it, the uh, typical American breakfast, it sounds weird to have eggs and beans mm-hmm. and coffee and like a torti- a corn tortilla that's actually, you know, not processed. It's actually right. made from, you know, the maize and they really, they, they hand make them. And there's something about that combination, even with the little bit of rice, the gallo pinto, the bean and rice, that's like mm-hmm. a perfect protein actually, yeah. if you put those together, that really does help you know, the, the aging process slow down. It makes you feel feel full longer which is really important and beans it is weird i love them but there was one moment that i saw from one of these video clips where the uh, guy who created the blue zone said that if people can just integrate beans into their meals more often like if you can do it on a daily basis it adds four years to your life crazy isn't that crazy though it is. I, I don't know how we measured that and i have to question a lot of things because it is such a broad statement but yeah. i kind of believe like if he's able to say four years there's some substance behind that statement for sure and he's done a meta-analysis on these places visiting them 
learning from the locals, speaking to them. The science documentary that I watched, that's like a six-part series. Luckily, I can go at two times speed. And they did full-on tests with these individuals where they, like, tested their um, ability to solve puzzles. And they want to see, like, how, how, how on it are they when they're um, that old? Because it's, it's pretty amazing. If you, not only do you look at these individuals that are 100 years old and see that they don't look like they're 100. Mm-hmm. Like if you look at them, you'd probably say, oh, that person looks like he's in his 80s. Yeah. But he's 100 years old. So he's like looking like he's 20 years younger. But his brain also is demonstrating as if it's 80 years old when it's really 100 years old. Yeah. So that's crazy. Like I want to live. I want to live for sure. I don't want to live forever, but I do want to be able to uh, experience life to the fullest for the longest amount of time possible. Mm-hmm. And therefore, you know, I'm down to eat the beans. The beans are no problem for me. I know. They're actually really delicious. And you do feel a huge difference in your body. It's yeah. super weird. I mean, I will say that was the one huge takeaway living in Central America. Incorporate black beans into your yeah. diet, like on a weekly basis if possible. What, what are your thoughts on you can always do more, you know, to like be healthier? Like, of course. What, what is the point? What, what, what is the threshold of, you know, now I'm trying too hard to yeah. like live longer and it's taking away from my pleasures of life. Yeah. Perhaps like what, where, where do you find that balance personally? Yeah. I, I think that, you know, the, the, the phrase as it goes, you know, everything in moderation, including moderation. Yeah. Um, I don't think that any of these people go extreme. They're not on some fad diet. They're not saying, oh, I can't, I'm just definitely trying to make sure that by the time I'm a hundred, I have the cognitive ability of an 80 year old. That's Mm -hmm. not like their goal. It's just, they have this lifestyle. That's not, I think sometimes, honestly, you know, these, these fad diets, these fad lifestyles where people go so extreme it's not sustainable. Almost everyone knows that it's not sustainable yeah. and, they, and, and the individual knows that it's not sustainable. So how can you really, you know, adjust little things in your life to get you on track, to make you feel healthier, to make you feel like you have more energy, that it will last and it will stay, that you don't have to, you know, I mean, for us, when we travel around the world, we have to adapt to the food that is available, yeah. right? Well, we don't technically have to, but we embrace it, that it allows us to live that way. You know? Yeah, well, I just think that there are a lot of things you can learn from the locals as well. I mean, we learn so much from the locals mm-hmm. in, in almost every place that we've traveled around the world. Right. And definitely have to, when we live in the United States, I feel like there's an extra motivation to ensure that we are healthy. Whereas when yeah. we live in certain parts of the around the world that where we have lived, like in Nicaragua or yeah. in Thailand, it's not that difficult. No. It's just happens. It's just part of the lifestyle around you. And yeah. it is part of the lifestyle, um, that you want. That's why you're there mm-hmm, part mm-hmm. of partially. Right. And so when you're in the United States of America and obviously the lifestyle isn't necessarily to, to do all the things that you would do if you were living in San Juan del Sur, Nicaragua, for example. Right. Just as long as you pick little things that don't take away from your life, but add, add, but it's not that difficult. Mm -hmm. I think the huge swings of extreme of like, you know, oh, I'm going to just only eat this, 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 or that. (laughs) Yeah, don't only eat beans, friends. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to go extreme here. This is not like these individuals that are living for so long and, and look amazing both physically and cognitively. Yeah. They are not doing fad diets. This is just part of their lifestyle that they've been living since they were a kid. Yeah. And so, you know, if, if, 
if you have the chance to live a long lifestyle when you want it to be, yeah, just, just like that, where your cognitive abilities are still right there. Your physical abilities don't prevent you from doing the things that you want to do. Right. And I just think, you know, in the long-term game, there are little things that you can do on a consistent basis, mm-hmm. but you don't have to go extreme with it. You don't have to say, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm, I just turned 40, for example. Now I have to only eat this, this, or that. I can't eat this anymore. Yeah. Well, okay, maybe, but at the same time, just kind of give yourself a little bit of a rest too. Give yeah. yourself a little bit of a break. If you haven't been eating or you haven't had the healthiest lifestyle, it's baby steps that actually make it go long-term, I think. Right. Yeah, it, it, it is just making progress towards a little bit. Like, yeah, you don't have to change everything. Just one little step forward can make a big difference. And exactly. So what is our one step forward? Well, right now I'm soaking some beans, everyone. Yes. We, we're obviously quite focused on the beans, but I do think that the beans are like a really big thing. Like your sources of protein are huge. One of the themes with the Blue Zone uh, like recipe book is you're eating 90% non-meat, no yeah. meat, and then only 10% is meat. So it's even less than the uh, idea of having smaller than a deck of cards worth of meat at a meal. Hmm. It's less than that. And so that's okay. I like tofu. You know, like I'm yeah. not, I'm down with it, but it's finding that balance. You just it gotta is. find that balance. It's finding you know? the balance. Well, and also, you know, eggs are a really great source of protein as oh, well. Yeah, that's a good point. Eggs. Yeah. You I don't know. know if he would consider that one, you know, like as, as meat, he might've even not included fish as well. Yeah. Like, I think that he's pretty, he, he, he's open to all those things and he's just, yeah, I'm grateful. It's not a vegan or vegetarian uh, book. Like that's how you do it because I do like a little bit of meat. Yeah, and it's just, and a lot of it is portion control too. We got yeah. way too big portions in this country uh, when you go to a restaurant for the most part. So, yeah. you know, portion control is a big thing. And we just thought it would be a fun, interesting conversation to just talk about this because I think that obviously anyone who's listening to this, the definitely you, you if you're living a long life, you want to definitely ensure that your physical and your mental capabilities are they're with you all the way through and yeah. there are little things that you can do that people are studying around the world that they got they're they're doing it right i think it's a great thing to study and i'm grateful for everyone's doing it me too so i hope you guys are all, all having a wonderful day and, and healthy day. a healthy day and we look forward to speaking with you tomorrow we'll talk to you then bye, bye.